Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Well, the rain has been tumbling down. That's actually good news. Yes, indeed, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke here on WDEV. Our program is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop Main Street, Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you, Main Street, Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com by Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, your family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need on Route 15 in Walkett. By the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Telephone lines are open right now. Feel free to call anytime at 244-1777. That's the 802 number, 244-1777. Peter Burke is here to answer your questions. And speaking of the devil, here's Peter Burke. How's that for an intro? (laughs) Speaking of the devil, well, here I am. Perhaps perhaps not my best intro, but uh, welcome anyway. (laughs) Oh, man, now I forgot where I was going to start. You got me going. (laughs) Well, it looks like we may not have to water this week anyway. (laughs) Uh, We. Yeah, uh, uh, a good a good batch of um, a good batch of rain over the next few days. But I'll have to say, last week things were very dry, and we do need the rain. So <clears throat> I was out, uh, um, even knowing the water was coming. I was out uh, watering last weekend, and a little bit more over this week too, and. That's uh, the thing is, is that uh, the plants aren't going to wait for the water to come. You sort of have to plan on there being an inch of rain every week, and an inch of rain does not mean a quarter inch thunder shower four times a week because that water doesn't really penetrate into the soil. What you need is a good soaking rain or a good watering. And whether you use your your sprinkler or uh, a hose with a um, um, you know, with a, a soft uh, spray, or um, use a bucket and a and a cup. And uh, oh wow, uh, uh, Joel says we have a call already. Shelley in Rouse Point, welcome. How are you today? What's going on? I'm doing well. I made six planters, and I plant stuff every year at the end of my house. I, I drilled holes in the bottom of it. The, they were 55 gallon plastic barrels. 
oh. put down hay so it, it drains really well. Okay, 55-gallon. That's a big planter. Well, no, you cut them in half, so they're 26 oh. or 27. Oh, oh, okay, all right, good. What and, you- uh, I had I had planted potatoes because they, they drain really well. And anyway, I planted three elderberry bushes. No kidding. Going like crazy. Yeah. How am I going to get elderberry bushes? I got another piece of property I would like to... Get them started and start an elderberry patch if I could. Oh, absolutely! I don't know anything about elderberries. Yeah, well, elderberries are 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 um, actually one of those things that don't require a lot of anything. Um, mostly, they just re- require a mostly sunny spot. Um, the one thing that you want to consider with the elderberries is um, if they're uh, mine are right next to the house, and uh, it's always a race to see who gets there first. Uh, whether it's us or the deer or the chipmunks or whoever, you know. So uh, that's the one thing. If you actually want to harvest them, then you're going to have to watch them pretty closely or even put a net over them or consider that. Are you planning to harvest the berries? Uh, yes, but these things are portable because we can move them around. So we could put them into an area and put netting around them. Yeah, sure, sure. Do you plan to grow them there uh, uh, for more than just a season, or are you going to grow them there and then plant them into the ground? Well, I grow the three that I have, but I want to know how to how to transplant them. Because don't you take off little uh, growth growths and dip them in something, and then plant that in the in the soil in order to get new plants? Well, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to propagate them. They're, they're, um, uh, that's probably the most common is to tip, tip one over and let the, you know, and, and stake it into the ground and let it grow up and then cut it off once it's rooted. Um, and then you but can you just cut off, the, you cut off the branches and plant the branches. To have you them- you could do that. That's a little trickier, and and because you you have to make sure that you you know what you're doing, uh, and your medium is is a good a good growing medium. Um, if you just tip them over and stake them into the ground, they have the support of that. Uh, of the whole plant until they actually root out. So, and you'll see that even with uh, squash plants or tomato plants, if they're on the ground, they'll actually put roots down anywhere along the stem. Uh, so the elderberries are, you know, they're they're, they're pretty pretty hardy and they they just love to grow. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear that last part. You broke up. What was, uh, say that again? <laughs> you really broke up this time, Shelly. I can't hear anything. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe if you get to a better spot, uh, call back. And uh, I guess so. I, I can hear you now. Oh, there you are. Okay. What Now, what was that last part you said? Can you grab a... If you, if you, pull the plant out can you grab a couple of handfuls of roots and plant the roots in order to, to have the plant um well you'd be better off to to cut the whole plant down the middle and root one and then root the other so it had both the plants the the plants roots aren't nearly as viable as the the tops but you could give it a try sure uh, I would be more inclined to treat it like a, a crown and cut it in half, top to bottom, you know. So you have some roots and some plants, then, you know, cut the top back quite a bit, pretty severely, and then repot it. And, 
you know, the, I think we'll try a couple of methods and see which one works best. Well, that that would be a good idea too. You never know. You never know. But uh, what do you plan to do with the berries? I haven't gotten that far. I think for medicinal purposes. Well, they make a great cough syrup with honey, with a uh, with a good honey, Vermont honey, and and uh, they they're just there's nothing quite like it. And of course, if you want a little maple syrup in there too, but uh, but the Native just Native Americans use it as an antiviral drug. Yeah, uh, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not for antiviral drugs. There you go. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Well, good luck. Let me know how, which one uh, works best for you. Um, we have cool. another call. Thanks, Shelly. Bye-bye. Clark in Moortown. How are you, Clark? Hello. You there? Yeah, thanks a lot. Sure. Uh, I have a question. Um, so a couple of things. I have two different garden plots. One is just squash, a um, oh. couple of uh, zucchini, a couple of summer squash, and uh, winter squash. Um, the, the zucchini and the summer squash, uh, we have plenty of flowers, and then the um, the vegetable will grow, you know, maybe a couple of inches, and then it gets it's it's gotten stuck and it hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, um, it just didn't get fertilized. It's pretty it, prolific. Yeah, it didn't it didn't get uh, um, uh, pollinated. It'll it'll grow up and then the end will rot and and the flower will look you know kind of droopy. So um, you can you know there's. There's different ways to ensure that they get pollinated, uh, which includes uh, Q-tip and going around flower to flower. Um, but uh, the the that's the main problem that you're having, and you'll get some of that in any plant, even in a good um, even in a good year. Uh, but uh, usually the bumblebees go after those flowers in droves. They just absolutely love them. They're big and they get right inside, and there's lots of pollen in there, and that and that does them. Um, and it should have no problem with pollinators in a, as a general rule. Now, if it is a, um, a, a really big problem, I mean, to lose a few is just not that unusual, you know. Right. Is that what you're noticing? A few, or are you are you are you getting no fruits? Yeah. Well, right now it seems like we're not getting any. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I think and, and I had heard about the you know the lack of pollination, which uh-huh. is we've had um, plants there for several years and we've never had any problem with that. No problem. Um, yeah. Just seems to be an anomaly. But um, I do have one other related question. We have a garden right here at our house, um, yeah. a small one. And, uh, however, we sort of packed a lot in there. We've got quite a few peppers. We've got broccoli, which is going crazy. And, yep. uh, we've got some herbs and some eggplant. Um, and we have, um, we have a, a Japanese eggplant that bore, um, a fruit right off and it was very nice. But the other two, right since then, they haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have the flowers that'll form and then, um, we haven't had anything come from that. And then we have a pretty vigorous looking, cucumber which has lots of blossoms um and again not many fruit um uh, or cucumbers forming yet and mm-hmm. don't know whether this might be a little early to mm-hmm. be looking for those or 
oh. or something I might be able to do. It's it's the same thing is that that only a certain number of them are going to get pollinated. Now, um, with right. with uh, with like tomatoes pollinating them, and I mentioned this last week is that if you just uh, shake the miner up on trellises, so I just shake the trellis every every couple of days to make sure that that the pollen is drifting around the other flowers and and so you okay. could give that a try now if they're growing on the ground that's that's the problem with going on the ground is that it it takes a lot it takes a lot of pollinators to find uh, the ones on the ground but you know that that they should do fine no reason that they wouldn't. yeah they're on a yeah, the tomatoes are separate in separate bags yeah. um, and have are in cages. So I think just kind of shaking them would be the good idea. Uh-huh. Um, the last question, related question, is that um, the broccoli is very vigorous and has gotten very big, and it, it is kind of crowding in next to um, the eggplant and stuff, and, mm. and somewhat into the peppers. And I, mm-hmm. we don't know whether it may just be a little bit more compact, and whether that we may need to create some room for them. Yeah, that the the peppers, um, eggplant. Uh, basil um, and those type of uh, plants really require full sun. And um, the other thing that I've noticed with my peppers is that if any of the nights get below 50 degrees, which we haven't had that problem so much you know, over right. the last, but if they right. do, if they do, then they'll flower, but they won't fruit. Are they flowering? Yes, they are. Yeah, and I think the peppers. I mean, I've always crowded my peppers in the past. Yeah, um, yeah. They say they should touch hands, uh, right? Yeah, and they and they do, or they're kind of like going on dates. I think pretty regularly. Yep. But, yep. Um, but I wonder if we if we extract one of the broccoli plants because they're not really shading it, but they are certainly pretty close, and, pretty close. and perhaps that's creating. Mm, yeah. Mm. So, uh, um, let's see. What are you using for fertilizer? For those guys. Well, I used, um, yeah, I used one of the um, uh, commercially available kind of seaweed fertilizers that you can get at sure. yard, uh, yard yeah. and garden shops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I put on some composted cow, man- cow manure around yeah. all of the plants. Okay, then you should be perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So, right. so what kind of, uh, just around your yard and stuff, uh, what do you have for flowers and stuff? Anything to attract the pollinators like? Um, you know, yeah, right in, you have a right flower in front, we have, um, we, yeah, we do right in front of that. We have, um, a pretty good patch of bee bomb. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, sure. and yeah. And we also have, um, um, since we have some annuals, there's other than the bee bomb right now. And, and there are certainly some, uh, hostas and, um, mm-hmm, and daylilies mm-hmm. that are blooming. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, so the you, closest would be the, yeah. yeah, you have other things that are, that are attracting those, uh, uh, mm-hmm. the, the pollinators and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like you're doing everything right. It's just uh, it's just kind of hit or miss at this point. You can try okay. um, you can you can try getting in there and and hand pollinating the big flowers like the zucchinis. That wouldn't be uh, too much problem. The cucumbers uh, they're mm-hmm. so small that 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 doesn't seem like right. a good way to go. But uh, I was just trying to think of how to get more more. Uh, uh, pollinators in there for you but i've noticed you know sometimes even with the trellis it is hit or miss i'll have you know 20 20 cucumber flowers but uh only 10 mm-hmm. uh cucumbers you know they're 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 oh, not 100 okay. percent. and a lot of that is just kind of uh the luck of the draw the hit and miss of uh of the pollinators 
You know, uh, it's, okay. it'd be nice if you got every single one. Um, is how is the? Uh, do you water there at all? Um, yeah, we do. We we've been watering pretty regularly, okay. um, and it's also right. um, tucked right up in front of the house, and we get uh-huh. about six hours of direct sun a day. Oh, you're perfect. So then. we think that we. Yeah, we're getting some, you know, some residual heat from the house as oh, yeah. it kind of cools off a little slower. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, last year is funny because uh, I had these wonderful broccoli plants with absolutely no heads on them at all, and uh, uh-huh. the conclusion was uh, two things. One is it was just too darn hot, and the second was mm-hmm. go ahead and eat the broccoli leaves like you would. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you would like kale or, kale or like collards, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and it wasn't ex- well. Actually, we <laughs> wasn't we my had, um, our bro- Yeah, we just harvested um, six really nice broccoli heads, oh. so those are those are doing great. Okay, so um, so you know, you, we'll, you we'll know that uh, when once you harvest them, if you keep watering and fertilize them, they'll put off those side shoots, right? You know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, Absolutely. Good. Yeah, All we'll right. keep doing that. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll okay. have them right through November. Well, um, yeah, we've harvested them then. Okay. Ted, thanks so Thank much for the much. call. Really appreciate it. Okay, um, so we have Clark and Moortown. No, no, you were talking to Clark. Now oh, I was talking to Clark. Now so we're talking to now Ted. Now it's Ted. Oh, yeah, right. All right. I've got it here on my list. I've wrote it down twice. Hey, <laughs> hey, Ted. I would be perfectly willing to yield and let the sponsors and the host and others have, have a chance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, how about after after we finish and we'll do we'll take a break? Okay, what's going on, Ted? Well, I I succeeded in getting my garlic out of the ground while it was dry. Yeah. I have, in the past, it mattered because I had so much garlic and harvesting it with muddy roots was awesome. Oh, yeah. And awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that that is done. And I also, well, that brings the tzatziki, which is that Greek sauce of garlic and yogurt and oh, chopped yeah. cucumber. Oh, I do. I know it well. Purslane is also coming into season as a weed in my garden. Yes. Purslane, I put into that as a substitute, actually, because I don't give myself to cucumbers. Oh, interesting. Purslane. <laughs> they overpower me. And purslane, oh. was, I was thinking of what can I put in there that's... A little different. What and, a great idea! And it, it, you know, chop it up. It, you know, it's a nutritious additive ingredient. So Absolutely. Before much time passes, I will have started my first of season tzatziki mm-hmm. and yep. get some bread yep. and avocado going. Also, I've been overcome by elderberries. Kind of the the Shelburne <laughs> news at a farmer's market. You know, a yep. dozen or more years ago, was giving away little sprigs of it. So oh. I planted a couple and. And stand back. I was going to say, just dump, dump those big planters. You won't hurt them and spread them a little or whatever. And give yourself some distance from the border. Yeah. They're, and, they're very hardy. Eul Gibbons has been one of my first clues as to what to do with them and to trying jams and jellies. And mm-hmm. that takes more devotion than I think I have. Mm, yeah. Making, finding various recipes and so on for a syrup yep. is just a dandy little solution. Oh, for sure. 
Yep, it's delicious uh, and and nutritious as well. <laughs> and you know, and I sometimes I think birds are what diminish my crop as much as anything. Oh, but this, yeah. this year I cut them quite far back, and mm. last fall I guess, and mm-hmm. man, it's huge. Oh, for heaven's sake! <laughs> it has come back mightily in terms of altitude and breadth and <laughs> trespassing on the neighbor. <laughs> You can so do... I'm going to dig because it had also started a branch office a little further away from the line. So mm-hmm. I'm going to cut much of the original back mm-hmm. and let it come toward my own house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, uh, you uh, you growing any blueberries this year? I don't. I have never grown yeah, blueberries. Never, oh, I'm yeah. hoping that the pick your own Pelkies is open because one of my favorite <laughs> therapies and so on. I have an electric front wheel on my old favorite mountain bike. Yeah, and it's about seven miles. Ooh, perfect. And, and I can yep. ride down there and still have plenty of me left, but still in high gear, <laughs> been pedaling the whole time, and pick five or six quarts and bring them back, get them in the freezer. So I I don't, uh, I tried some blueberries on my own, you know, a number of decades ago. I mean, yeah. strawberries. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a fighter exactly. I'm kind of a switcher uh-huh. <laughs> when, uh-huh. when you've got a lot of... Yeah, so um, chemistry to take care of. I wanted to ask you what uh, what variety of of garlic do you grow? You know, I I also haven't researched the sex life uh-huh. of garlic and what comes what because in in the early days in Charlotte would have been in the late nineties, I guess. Yeah, uh, there was a Hope Yandel in Williston who was a meticulous grower of different varieties yeah and now it's just ted's garlic i think because <laughs> and, and i do the bulbal thing also sure yeah uh, growing and had a bumper crop with photos maybe i'll send you some email yeah, yeah sure That'd be great. those great. things planting some of the little rice grain style just sort of broadcasting and also more intentionally the ones that are over a quarter inch and it's it's an amusing thing but anyhow I like there was Spanish Roja, which was oh, all yep. the, the rage at the time, mm-hmm. and German Red, I guess. Yeah. There was one that 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 Hope Yandel had started from a someone who worked at her farm and was from Bulgaria, I think. Mm-hmm. And it made huge cloves. That's like the a one. That, bulb would have yeah, four cloves. Four cloves. That's the one that I grow. A German White that, is what I call it. But okay, and that came across the. You know, it came transported by bulb bills, kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a beautiful garlic. It's got and good it's garlic pure, flavor. And I, and have no, I have no sign of anything particularly that I know of, but yeah. I love my garlic. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> and and uh, academics isn't the thing. <laughs> Speaking okay. of linguistics, I wish somebody could relate to whether um, pandemonium could come into the pandemic. I, I find it to be such a nice, more flowing word, but I don't know if it's applicable to you. <laughs> pandemic. So I'll hang up and let you go, and if Joel, I, and I, I could get to Brian Harwood on this, and that's okay. what I have to do. Okay. Thanks well, very much. Well, I'm going to write that I'm, one down. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's a little wetter today. Me too. 
Uh, thanks, Ted. Appreciate the call. And I guess we need to take a break, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we will. All I, right. I, I just want to mention what, that, yeah, that Ted's garlic is absolutely delicious. Oh, is that right? Now, if that sounds like a hint, I, I well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that word he was saying? Pandemetic? Pandemonium. Yeah, pandemonium. Yeah, because it is kind of, it, there is a kind of laid-back pandemonium in as much as everything that's in, associated with the pandemic tends to disrupt everything. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was another word for it. Pandemonium like, and pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, I'll have to. Th- I'll have to think about that one for a bit. Well, I hope whatever word describes what we're going through with regard to this <laughs> is someday soon will be in the past tense. In okay. the past tense, can, yes. Yeah, go back. There is my... is cause for hope for yes, sure. Indeed. I have I have uh, a quick question for yeah, you. Yeah, shoot. Now, what what again is your formula for the perfect soil? Um, it's one third, one third, one third. Okay. Okay, peat moss, vermiculite, compost. Okay, this year, mm-hmm. rather than just what, to sweeten with various fertilizers, yeah, I decided to lighten up my soil the yep. way I could because even in my in my raised beds, mm-hmm. the soil was really hard. Yep. And last year, some of the tomato plants and whatnot just you know weren't all that healthy. Mm. So what I did was peat moss and vermiculite. In fact, you told me that one of the products was a mixture of the both, and I went and bought bags and bags of them, put them in. And the good news is that my tomato plants are or just having loosened up the soil, because it was a lot easier to work with, my tomato plants and everything. Well, tomato plants are almost five feet tall. Now. Oh, wow. And it's, unbe- oh, it's wow. unbelievable, the difference between last year and and this year. And all I can say is that if uh, anyone notices that the soil just seems <laughs> to be more compacted, this was just a, a, a I, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Yeah. That's the good news. Now, Uh-oh. the bad news is that, you know, I, I kind of will not do anything lethal against uh, critters. Yeah. And the the first part of the news is good, that the purple beans that my daughter and granddaughter love mm-hmm. uh, were growing like wildflower, wildflowers until... Until the bunnies showed up. <laughs> so, curiously, it wasn't the chip. It's not the chipmunks of which there are an abundance, but the bunnies came out and they they went through a long pile of weeds because I didn't plant anything in the back part of the garden. So I've got a pretty good weed cover right mm-hmm. there, but the bunnies still managed to find my purple beans. Uh, it's it's like uh, hanging $100 bills what out there. What can you do? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. Well, we... there are things you can do, but I know you won't do any of them, so we won't even Nothing bother. Else. Well, I, you, I, one, of my, one of my guests uh, in studio guests today is Winnie the Pooch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and my, my beagle, my elderly beagle. And she's no help in chasing Not bunnies. at all. I think the bunnies chase her. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, my dog is, has nothing to do with the chipmunks. I, I really wish that she would chase them a little bit. But, you know, uh, uh, a moth in the light in the middle of the night, she'll get up and bark at that moth. Yeah. And, you know, you leave a garbage bag out there and it's black sitting in the, in the driveway. And she'll go nuts over that. But no chipmunk. Nah, could care less. Could well, care. She, she, mine likes to look at them, but doesn't do too much. But uh, what's you know, my point being, though, uh-huh. is that it just amazes me how what specific hungers the bunnies have. Mm-hmm. They just go for my beans <laughs> like nobody's business. No matter what beans they are. It's almost human, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they say, oh, <laughs> well, look what's on the menu today at any rate. 
Well, I'm glad to hear about the um, the peat moss and the vermiculite helping out those beds. And, and uh, I think you've probably heard me mention a few times people who said, oh, we have raised beds. And I, and, and I uh, oftentimes will suggest that they add the peat moss and the vermiculite to the raised beds because that really makes a huge difference. What we don't really think about is that the plant roots need air. Yep. And that provides a lot of air. I and will underline that 10 times. I mean, I've never, <laughs> the difference between last year's and this year's is night and day. I can't wait yeah. to compare the, the pictures. I have to find last year's garden. We do have a call, and I think oh, it's great. our friend Rich, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, name, first name in town, please. Rich from Starksburg. It is Rich. Hey, How buddy. are you? <laughs> good, you? Oh, good, good. How are you? Uh, uh, I guess we've done that. Sorry about that. Well, that's all right. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're doing we're doing good, and uh, the the heat is coming, and the rain is coming. So yeah. it's going to be hot yeah. and uh, hot and wet both. So that should be grow, good growing news for for all those heat lovers. Yeah, um, I got a couple questions about uh, starting up lettuce. Oh yeah. Uh, Yep. We're having trouble starting less. Uh, mm. When they come up, they're so stringy and fragile that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. can't keep them alive in a little two-by-two dish yeah. of, of uh, perfect soil that Joel mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what, what are ideas do you have to... Well, a couple... Uh, at this time of year, um, it'd be better to go ahead and start them inside and put, set them out. One. Two is choose your variety for, for heat. You know, uh, your iceberg lettuce, it's sort of a, what is that, sort of a, um, you know, they call it. Leaf lettuce. Yeah, leaf lettuce basically is a colder, a colder season lettuce. So your romaine and your iceberg are more of a summer. And um, if you can find it, uh, what's it called? Morgan's something has something they simply call summer lettuce. And I found that it... um, that it uh, grows very well in the in the heat of the summer. So that's what you want to look for is is a lettuce that specifically says, you know, good for the heat. And those oh. types will be an iceberg or a, a head lettuce, which is a fantastic, delicious lettuce. Um, it's nothing like the iceberg that you get in the grocery store. It's more like a a, a cur- you know, a, a leaf that tries to wrap around a head, but it's it's nice big leaves and they're really quite sweet and delicious. So, I I like that one a lot. The romaine also. Morgan. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, um, Agway uh, used to have it, and uh, they didn't carry it this year. So um, just look for for a lettuce that is specifically for the summer. And if you can't find it, well, I'm sure you'll find something at one of them, you know. uh, But if you couldn't, you know, you could always go to Johnny's or... um, uh, High Mowing has one they call, uh, I think it's Nevada is the, the name of it, which is supposed to be better for the heat. Um, that's, a, that's, a nice, uh, that's a nice lettuce. Um, it's not quite a head. It's more like a butter crunch, but it's, it's a delicious lettuce. So uh, the other option, of course, is to grow uh, a mescaline mix and, and grow it for— Some of that, we're getting tired of the hot— 
hot. Uh, well, hot you can light. get a lettuce. You can get a lettuce uh, mescaline. You know, uh, a mix that's just. But uh, I agree uh, with I you. Sometimes mixed up with arugula. Okay, oh, arugula, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah I, I just figure two or three leaves in a salad, arugula is enough. My wife says, no, I shouldn't want any arugula, but, you know, if you put a few mustard leaves in and a few of those in, the, this, it's, uh, gives it a nice flavor, I think, but, um, but I would try, uh, at, at this time of year anyway, to grow them you know, in a cup uh, or, you know, a six-pack or something like that. Just, uh, I don't know how many you want to grow at a time. Uh, the um, the other option is, of course, is, is to plant them real, real, real close, you know, like half-inch apart or quarter-inch apart, and let them come up in mass and then just clip out the ones that, you know, in between so you get a, a more like a head. That's kind of wasteful. Yeah, that's a kind of wasteful, but um, I I would go for the uh, plant a couple seeds in a in a cup indoors, and uh, and then set them out as soon as they start to set their second or third set of leaves, set them outside so that you get them over that hump. Yeah. The other thing you I could had, try I had eight, seven out of eight germinated. Yeah. Oh well. They, yeah, and then, then they I, uh, they they get leggy, right? Leggy. That's right, leggy. Yeah. yeah, that's right, and that's the heat. You know, that, that's yeah. the variety is not well uh, acclimated to the heat, so you want the right kind of variety. The other thing you could try is to shade them. You know, is to uh, block out the the sun for a, a period of time, and you can do that just with a, a couple of stakes or a couple of boards. You know, so that or they get them, or start them in my basement or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd do too yeah, under a cooler. light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Okay. That was one of my problems with my lettuce is I did it in my mudroom, which actually gets full sun, and it got too hot in there, and so the lettuces were 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 uh, were leggy. You know, I had a dumb idea of okay, these guys have all emerged. You got seven out of eight. Mm-hmm. I'll stick them outdoors, and the sun just toasted them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah. it's pretty hot right now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. We, the um, daiko, we got daikon radishes. They're, yeah, they real look like the green parts really like thriving. And yeah, I might have planted them too close together. I put nine mm-hmm. per square. If mm-hmm. I plant any more, I'm going to put in maybe four or five to a square. Yeah, yeah, they're they're big square plants. Foot. Yeah. Now, can I trim the very bottom leaves? Or yeah, much for sure. Ground. Yeah, it won't hurt okay. a thing. Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, and you can you can green things on them. One, one of them. Little, I watered them, kind of got them wet. There's like these kind of like green blobs. Let it dry. Yeah, they dried out and they almost shook off the plant pretty much. Is that anything serious? No, no, nothing okay. serious. Uh, for the most part, with the daikon radish, the main thing is the um, uh, there's a bore that goes in and just bores into the radish root, and Ooh. the best thing for that is to use. Um, you know, a cloth over a, a small, a low tunnel. So he never gets there. So he never gets there. Yeah. The other He's thing, of course, is just to, right? to spray them with a spray them on a regular basis. When you spray your your broccolis, uh, you know, for the cabbage worm, spray your radishes as well, and that'll that'll keep them off too. Okay. All right, buddy. Anything else going on? Well, that's good. We we talked about cutworms maybe like uh, three four weeks ago. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, uh, I found 
you know, when in, you know, when you want to figure out more, you go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I found somebody was taking toothpicks mm-hmm. and putting it right down next to the stem. Mm-hmm. Then and, it can't wrap around. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I haven't found a toothpick with a dead plant next to it. All the toothpicks <laughs> of a plant next to it. So, so I guess that's a proof that's working. Well, it's the same idea as the collar. You know, you put the, you can use a paper collar or a plastic collar. You know, you put it yep. on and, and then it can't get to the root to wrap around it. But the toothpick's yeah. a clever idea. I like that. I hadn't heard that yeah, one. Yeah, it's easier to find a whole bunch of toothpicks than <laughs> find a whole bunch of collars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like that, Rich. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much. You're very oh, welcome. I appreciate the call. Pic- I'm going to send you a picture of my uh, my shiitake mushroom log soaking in my bucket. Oh, super. Oh, great, great. I can't wait. <laughs> that's tdgarden.aol.com. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's that one, yep. Yeah, I'll get that out to you sometime. All right, All right great, thanks Rich. A lot, Peter. I appreciate thanks that. Thanks a lot, Joel. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Who's up next, Gene? Hey, Gene. Hi there. How you doing? Well, good. How's things hey. in Morrisville? Everything's windy up here, but we need rain. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Bad. Well, we're supposed to get it this week. <laughs> In in buckets, yeah. <laughs> so get I've ready. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out and and uh, uh, cut all of my. Uh, I have a bunch of sugar snap peas, and and they're like six, seven, almost eight feet tall. They're just m- monsters. So wow. I've got to go and make sure I cut all the bee peas off because uh, otherwise they'll um, they'll get heavy in the in the rain and and pull the vines down. Yeah, yeah. So well, my my question is about um, cucumbers. Yeah. I uh, this year put up a trellis yeah. to uh, string up the cucumbers, and I wondered how close together can I put the can I put the cucumbers so and that they'll, they'll work good on a trellis. Sure. In a four foot trellis, I use eight cucumbers. That's two per square foot. Or you know, uh, so it it's two, 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 and two. So each each foot of trellis, I put two cucumbers. So depending on how big, how long your trellis is, um, you know that it's just two per foot. Well, what I did was I planted them in a row in the garden, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I put um, some wire fencing sure. uh, on an angle. Yep. So that the cucumbers could, you know, climb up the fence. Climb up, up the fence, fence, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I planted the cucumbers pretty pretty thick and <laughs> come along really well. And, that, and I've just started training them to go up yeah. the fence. I'm wondering, you know, um, if I'm... Got well, too thick or it whatever. Sounds like you might you might have them. It's, it's about every six inches is basically what I'm what it comes down to. So yeah, about yeah. every six inches. So you get uh, eight of them on a in a forty eight inch or four foot uh, trellis. Um, yeah. You know, just depending on um, how fertile your soil is, you can plant them a little uh, thicker if you if you think you can support them. You remember that your that the cucumber is ninety percent or eighty five percent water. You're going to have to put extra water in there if you're going to grow extra plants. 
And oh yeah, you know, yeah. I've been watering them right along. You know, good. every other day. Oh, okay, great, great. So you, it sounds like you're just fine. How close did you plant them anyway, Gene? I think they're probably four inches apart. Yeah. Well, you might get away with that. It, you know, and that's the hardest thing for any gardener to do is to to actually cut out or prune, you know, <laughs> a plant yes. or a fruit or, a, <laughs> you know, it's just, a, boy, you see them growing and you think, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, there is a chance you, you might get a better crop if you, if you thin them back to every six inches or so. But uh, a lot of times when I buy my uh, uh, cucumber plants, there's two of them in the pot. So I always just leave them there, and I'll plant those two in one square foot. So I still have two, but they're coming out of one spot. And right. that seems to work just fine. So I don't think they mind being close like that as long as... If you're growing them on the ground, then you you can't really spread them out at all, and they're not going to get enough air, and they'll be more likely to have the powdery mildew and, you know, problems right. like that. So if you're growing them on a trellis, they'll probably be fine as long as they get enough water and a little fertilizer. You'll be fine. Very good. So now you've got that, that trellis sort of leaning. You're going to have to get down on your hands and knees because those cukes are going to hang down below. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's the, it's a uh, uh, fencing that's got a, it's got about inch squares. Oh yeah, fencing. right. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that you know possibly the cucumbers will stay on top. And won't I think go they down will. Too, but if they do, they yeah. do. That's yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I I like those Velcro ties. If they go down through, just tie them on. You know, those yeah. Velcro ties work really well. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for the call, Gene. I appreciate it. Anything else going on? or? No, I guess not today, other than <laughs> need rain. <laughs> I think your, your, uh, your wish is going to be, uh, you're going to get your wish to the, this week. Hope, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. All right, take care then. So you have another call for us? Uh, Jim in Waitsfield, how are you today? Uh, hi. You there? Well, yes, sure am. This is Jim. How are you? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think I have any problems. I sort of have a general question. I had a woodchuck problem, but I went. I told my neighbor about it a week and a half ago, and he said, "No, we don't have one anymore." <laughs> he, he got the woodchuck. But so my question is, and this is sort of a general question. So uh-huh. I have a, you know, my garden's probably what is it, sixty by fifty feet, you know, yeah. no, thirty thirty by sixty feet. And, you know, I have a whole bunch of stuff in there, all the usual stuff. And my, my, I use Ed Smith and the Crockett's Victory Garden as my, as my sure. guidebooks. Absolutely. And, and everything, you know, different, different vegetables have, you know, they'll say fertilize 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Fertilize 5, yeah. 10, 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you measure? Well, it's. Well, how do you, but also. In a, such a small garden, is it all just yeah. sort of glomming together? No, it is. And, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was just mulling this over this morning in my own mind because I was reading about, uh, uh, ro- you know, crop rotation. Right. And, um, you know, they said, well, you know, this crop likes nitrogen and this one likes potassium and this one's likes the phosphorus. And so, you know, you plant your nitrogen and then you plant your other ones and you plant. And I thought, you know what? That's crazy. I mean, every plant wants phosphorus. Every plant uses, you know, other things, you know. 
uh, what you want is just good, rich soil. You know, feed right. that soil. Feed the soil with a, you know, with good fertilizers, with compost. Um, you know, make sure it's aerated. Make sure that the the plants, the 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 ground structure is. Uh, it, you know, it's nice and fluffy, and and then from there, you know, the plants will take what they need. And if you have a, a good balance, uh, and that's probably the beauty of compost, is it tends to have a a good uh, a good variety of the different nutrition nutrients right. that the plants need. So, um, you know, for the most part, I just go with a standard, um, you know, a standard one, and then. If you want to add something, you take and do a foliar spray that, um, you know, there's okay. different foliar sprays that can kind right. of enhance the one thing or another. But then you'll find the best foliar spray is, is either fish or sea kelp or the, the combination. Emulsion, yeah, and, and, you know, those are pretty just balanced. You know, they're not really wildly high in one or the other. And... Um, you know, I think that's the the most important thing is to have a healthy soil, and that's the way you focus, particularly in a small garden like we have. And so, I couldn't agree with your your musings anymore. You know, I I agree a hundred percent that what you really want is is just good, healthy soil. Yeah. So, what was your you gave the, you, what was your one third vermiculite, one third compost, and what was one third peat moss. And one third peat moss. Oh, peat moss okay. yeah. I have, yeah, I've had a great compost pile this year. I'm oh, good. Using, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're <laughs> we uh, and the compost. And I've been meaning to try to get to compost in one of these, uh, but we've um, I haven't quite got there yet. But this right about now, we're we're chopping down our comfrey because it's grown up and it's blossomed, and and uh, so it gets so high it needs to be chopped down, and then another crop will come up. But that's a great addition to um, to your compost bin. And there's a lot of things oh, really? that are great additions to the compost bin, but you want to make sure you get them before they set seeds, all of them. And, right. And uh, so, so that is really the solution is just have a, a good old rich soil, and then you can't go wrong. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. That was, that was a good answer. Well, well I, I really enjoyed that because I... Mean, I it's not, yeah, it's not like, my, you know, I said to my wife, I said, it's not like I have an acre of beets that, that they're not going <laughs> yeah, you know, to mingle, the fertilizer isn't going to mingle with the <laughs> celery or something. Yeah, like right. it, it's a funny notion, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, it's just like watering. They say, oh, well, don't water here, don't water there, don't water at this time. Right. I was right. like, well, well, it rains, you know, you... you accept it no matter what it's not like you say oh wait a minute i can't water now right <laughs> you know and right. the sun comes out right after it rains certainly here in vermont and uh, my solution of course is that is to to water the soil and not the plants so if you're in the middle of the day and you have the time and you want to water we'll water but water the well, don't water the plants water the soil right well interestingly i had um Oh god, a basil, and I had basil, and I, the, the, my couple, of my basil plants started getting these brown spots on yeah. the leaves. Uh-huh. And I looked it up on the internet, and it said, the, I forget what it called it, but it said, "Don't water them from the top." You're right. right. Water them from the bottom. But uh-huh. what? What? But then I, which I started doing it, and it seemed to solve the problem. Yeah. 
But um, what's the difference between our water and the rain? The rain yeah. comes from the right, top. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there's some mystical quality to rainwater that doesn't affect it, but it doesn't affect it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it you know it just needs the the plants uh, like beans are really susceptible to molds. You know, uh, right. uh, your bush beans are are really susceptible. So if you plant them too close, uh, if you you top water them, if you get a rain, you know, there all of those things can be problems but if you're if you get a rain and then you're watering and even if you water in the evening it may not dry out enough by the morning and so you know if you water the soil especially things like beans that are that are um, susceptible to to molds and stuff like that so that would be that would be my approach anyway yeah yeah okay well thank you ed Yep. Okay. Take care. Take care. <laughs> You're <Bye>. very welcome. <laughs> I guess we got Forbes on the line. Yep. Forbes. Hey. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, um, what about um, uh, freezing and uh, what has to be blanched and what doesn't have to be blanched and, and uh, whatnot? Because that's a good alternative to saving things. Yeah, you know, for the most part, almost everything that's green needs to be blanched. But uh, I don't blanch my spinach, and I don't blanch blanch the um, uh, the uh, rhubarb. And uh, there seems to be enough of a acidic, you, you know, nature to the uh, to the rhubarb that it doesn't really need it. The main reason you're blanching is to is to get rid of the the bacteria that's on, so you don't get freezer burn or it doesn't, you know, turn sort of um, too chewy in the in the in the freezer. And that that seems to be the main reason. So you don't have to really blanch anything. But some you'll have a better uh, a better result, you know, when you thaw them out if you blanch certain things like green beans. What do you blanch? Well, um, like corn. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. But, uh, that's not much acid in a corn, so that that stands right. the reason. I use a cider vinegar too, a little bit with uh, everything. Not a lot to taint it. So, yeah. But yeah, in, in, in the blanched water or in the into the blanching water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an Not interesting much. idea. No, like maybe a capful or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, solidifies things and also uh, um, seems to keep them pretty firm. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think it will work against, uh, you know, botulism or anything else like that, too. Well, I don't think you need to, if you're freezing stuff, you don't really need to worry about no, botulism no, much. But most, what about dehydrating? Uh, matter of fact, I I have those uh, walking onions, the Egyptian ones, you know, and uh, they're they're full size now, which means they're about two feet tall and they have a a fairly small onion bulb, and uh, they're really they're sort of tough. You have to cook them, um, except for the very very tops where they're you know they're good enough for. Uh, for salads and stuff, but I I just uh, finished drying about five trays of those, and the reason I is I had really good luck with leeks drying them, and they're very useful. I, they're just a wonderful, whether it's a stir fry or a um, or a soup or anything like that. The dried leeks are absolutely terrific. Um, I like uh, uh, so since I had good luck with the leeks, that's why I'm going to try these onions. Is 
That's the best way. to you, you can't really store them because they're mostly just the tops with very little of the bulb. Um, but they're so prolific, and you get scallions. We've had scallions since April. Uh, they're growing up, and you can pull them any time, and you know they're they're very productive. They're How almost almost a weed. What's that? How do you containerize them? Just in a uh, jar. Lock? Yeah, just in a jar. I I just uh, oh, in a jar. Oh, yeah okay. yeah just uh, dry them out so they're good and dry and crispy, and then uh, and those uh, those onions are very strong. They're a very strong onion flavor for for something that's nothing more than just uh you know the greens and a little bulb. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, you asked me about uh, the asparagus uh, uh, in the beginning of the year, I think. Wasn't it you who was curious? Did you hear my comments about that? Yes, I did. You you had mentioned uh, uh, several different varieties to be able to get a a different ripening uh, time. Yeah, but... uh, Uh, yeah. The, the other one, I wondered if you heard that one, was uh, about the um, uh, cutting, a, letting the first, uh, your first batch grow and not cutting them at all. And then oh. cut, cutting them again, in, uh, cutting them for the first time, all, all of the, the tops down in July, like right about mm-hmm. now. And cutting them all back, and they'll give you about two weeks or two or three weeks of of spears as they grow up again. Right. So right. I, you know, I didn't know if you'd heard that or not, but no, not not that part. Um, but yeah. the varieties would make sense with a, a yeah. day of ripening. And sure. Uh, what I've tried to do is uh, different depths. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, you know, I had the, the highest to the. The surface uh, came first, and then uh-huh. the others had to work harder to get <laughs> to the surface, and then, then yeah. spaced them out a little. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought that I thought of you when I was reading that, and uh, I thought you you uh, you might like to try that sometime on a little section yeah. somewhere. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. let, just let the first ones grow right up, and then cut them all down. Right, I'm going to set a uh, 25-year record in blueberry production this year. <laughs> yeah, we have got great blueberries. Uh, what do you fer- what do you fertilize your with yours with? Do you do you put any? Just after the blossom set, in other words, when the fruit starts yeah. to set. Yeah. Yep. Then I fertilize. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they're shallow root, and of course, it happens pretty quick. Yeah. Right, right. Mine are mine are set. Your yours are probably two weeks ahead of mine, but um, you know ours are still green. But uh, yeah, I use the Jersey type because I uh, my optimum day for hail is June twenty ninth. For for hail, hail, oh. and so I I really have and the last frost uh, and Jerseys are a little later. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I miss that uh, killer frost. If I had an earlier variety, I'd lose them all. Oh, for heaven's sakes. So yeah. you've got to work with Mother Nature, too. <laughs> you, for sure. You, you either work with or against one or the other. Right. <laughs> I can't even get through my rows. And I uh, made the tra- tragic mistake when I planted them originally to 25 years ago. I, I went to five feet between plants. Yeah, I should have on seven feet, and I sh- I went seven feet on the rows, and I should have gone a minimum uh, eight eight feet. Huh? 
Uh, one foot would I, make... I can't even get up through the oh, road. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. I see. And it didn't allow the the uh, plant to grow, you know, uh, laterally. Mm-hmm. They crash into the next one, so I lost a lot of that, that uh, growth factor by having them too close. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think that it would, uh, a foot one way or two foot one way or the other would make that big a difference, but... I do a lot of pruning, and I get to a yard where there's five apple trees within a, a, a 40-foot area. Yeah. Uh, what it is is you buy that little plant or that little tree, yeah. a nice little tree. <laughs> yep, yep. Never conceive the fact that it's going to grow. And they <laughs> plant them all in close, and now they're all buffering and blocking the sunlight, yeah. sunlight to each other. Yeah, yeah. So spacing's pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, good. Well, I thank you again. Okay, Forbes. Anytime, more than glad to have you call in. I appreciate it, and it's good to hear you. And uh, you're going to weather the storm here, huh? I got an inch and a half uh, since uh, early morning. Of wow. Rain, which wow. is gorgeous. I do have <laughs> irrigation, but I haven't even had to use it because uh, it's been uh, timely. Last week was pretty dry for me. I had to go out and... and Give everything a good watering. So yeah, yeah. I use um, you know I have a, a gauge that goes in the ground and mm-hmm. tells me what the mm. what the level is. And, and blueberries require an inch of water a week while yeah. they're developing the blueberry. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to have it somehow. Either you got to put it in there, right. or it's gonna be natural. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right, Forbes. Good to talk to you. Okay, thank you, Forbes. And, Talk to you later. Uh, well, uh, as usual, this is the fastest hour in gardening. <laughs> really, <laughs> we're we're done before I even feel like we started. So um, anyway, uh, this is uh, um, just a reminder that there are some words that you will want for the fall canning, and uh, and uh, this is a good time to plant some dill. Dill is a very fast growing. Um, it can be used in almost any stage. You can plant it close together and use it both in your salads and then also in your pickles and and your other um, uh, for other cannings. And then uh, cilantro. Cilantro is a great herb to plant right about now. And then, like Rich, is good time to plant uh, some more lettuces. My goodness, you know my my lettuces. Are, uh, the uh, the early ones have all bolted and and they've come out. The spinaches have all bolted. Hey, I learned something about the spinach, is that when it bolts up and it flowers, it sets seeds. And actually, when they're still green, they're very delicious. And so you can cut those, chop them up, and put them in a stir fry, and you're going to be eating uh, little tiny uh, spinach seeds, sort of like you would uh, little tiny beans or peas. I've never and, done that. And they're delicious. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, make lemonade out of lemons. You can right. you can make a very delicious uh a meal out of bolted spinach, which I, which I always like to, you know, use uh, every part of the. It's sort of like those uh, radish, uh, you know, little rat tail radishes. You know, those radish pods. If your radishes bolt, then go ahead and let them flower and and create the little pods, and those are delicious too. Uh, so I never have any trouble having my spinach bolt. It seems as soon as I turn my back on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's running away. It's not bolting. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, have a good week, everyone. And uh, thanks for the calls and thanks for listening. And remember our sponsors. I appreciate it. Take care now. And we'll see you in the garden. In the garden. In the Garden today has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. These Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Gadette dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you. And money-saving Monday coupons. Check them on Clausen's.com. They're on Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, right there on the East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff, Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Online, sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need, Route 15 in Walcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 12.30 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke.